0: joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Hi, take your Bibles this morning. I am basically going to uh, preach a little bit prophetically this morning. Uh, the Lord sometimes just gives me something in the middle of the night or the morning, I just jot down notes on it because it's probably a sermon that I'll preach today and you'll probably never hear it again because that's the way these things work basically. you Not really a teaching type of thing, you just preach it and you just go, so... Praise God, hallelujah, glory to God, good time that we live in, yeah. hallelujah, all right, go to Romans chapter 8 this morning, all right, Romans chapter 8, are you there? Look at verse 18, now we've been talking, to him. of course, last week talked about the seed of Christ, basically that you are the, basically the result of being born by God, that you have God's nature, that basically you're everything the Bible tells you that you are. In Romans chapter 8, look at verse 18, it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed where? In us. In us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of who? sons of God. Now this is an interesting scripture. First of all, if you notice what it says, it's talking about something coming that's going to happen. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed where? Enough. Notice, you don't have to sing, bring him on down, bring him on down, Lord let the Holy Ghost come on down. You don't have to ask for the glory because the glory in the last days that is going to be revealed, it's going to be revealed where? Enough. Enough. Now if it's going to be revealed in you, then apparently it apparently is already in you, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. So the glory that's on the inside of you basically is an anointing that God has given you to do things in your life, whatever you were called to do. If you step into that call, that glory will be revealed, which is a manifestation of the Son of God coming through you. Now notice the earnest expectation of the creature. If you look that up, it's all of creation. Say all of creation. creation. How many know the bush is part? A bush is part of creation. A tree is part of creation. All these things are. Notice all the creation that God ever created is waiting for one thing. What's it waiting for? The manifestation of what? Son of God. So that means all of creation today is waiting for you. Waiting for you. Just awaiting the trees blowing back and forth, just awaiting. You know, the little squirrels running around, just awaiting. What for? He's waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God who we are. In other words, start acting like who we are and operating like who we are. And all creation knows that's coming. Say, oh, it's coming. All right, go to Revelation 19. chapter 19. Look at verse 7. It says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife has made herself ready. Praise God. Hallelujah. Notice, His wife has made herself ready. Praise God. I believe if Jesus was re- going to return tomorrow, it would be a disaster. Because notice what it says here. Most of the church is waiting for Jesus to return to perfect His bride, to straighten out His bride, to get His bride in shape for Him. But notice what the Bible says. Say the Bible. It says, His wife which has made herself ready. The church is not ready. People in the church are not ready. People in the church are not ready for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people are just waiting for the coming, and when the coming goes, that's the end. But notice, there's something for us to do between right now and the coming back of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that is making yourself ready to be a bride for him as he comes back. The Bible talks about a a thing where there was 10 virgins waiting for the bridegroom to come back, and five of them had oil, and the other five had no oil, and basically five are ready, and five weren't ready, so 50% were ready, and 50% wasn't ready when he was coming back, praise God. The church has taught us over and over again that when Jesus comes back, he's just going to take care of everything, and he's going to make us perfect and whole and all that stuff. But notice, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's a perfecting that should be going on in your life right now so that he can have a wife when he comes back without spot and without any wrinkles. Yes, now, we're not talking about physical. Say, so thank God. Thank God. We're talking about spiritual. <laughs> spiritual spotless and wrinkle spotless in the spirit. So he's coming back for a bride who has made herself ready. And if you read that little parable there about the five that were ready and the five that weren't, notice the five that were not ready went out to buy the oil. So why didn't they buy the oil before and have it there? Because apparently something was more of a priority. Mm -hmm. Let me just say that again. (laughs) Something was more of a priority in their life than being ready when it came back. But see, that is our priority, to get ready, praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 24. I think that if he comes back before, I want to be ready. And if he comes back after, I want to be ready. (laughs) I don't really know, but I just want to be ready whenever he does, praise God. He may come back in my lifetime. He may not come back in my lifetime but I'd sure like to be ready when he does. That was wisdom there, wasn't it, brother? You liked that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I get the big bucks, James, right here. Praise God. <laughs> Good question, though. All right, Matthew 24, look at verses 14. <laughs> Guy's messing me up here. This morning. I'm getting, getting drunk. All right, chapter 24, verse 14, Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into how much of the world? All the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall do what? Shall come. So notice, there is a worldwide harvest coming. No question about it. There's going to be a worldwide harvest, and I'm not talking about United States. I'm talking about the whole entire world before the end. Who's going to do it? the bride of Christ, or the people who are manifesting as sons of God in this day and in this hour. Now, you have a choice of whether you want to be one of those people or whether you just want to be a people. In the days of Moses, there was a tabernacle, there was an outer court, there was a holy place, and there was a holy of holies, and there was a veil in between. You will choose in your daily life where you're going to live. You can live in the outer court your whole life, praise God, no problem. You can go to church, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Pick up your Bible once a month, tell the Lord you love him very much, die, and go to heaven. There's no problem with that. Or you can come into a place, praise God, to where, you know, you want a little bit more than that. So you decide to seek God, you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you have goosebumps a couple times, you're moving in the spirit a little bit more than things, and that's fine and dandy, you're in the holy place. But there's a place that God wants to get us through the veil called the Holy of Holies. Say the Holies. Holy of Holies. Holy. Notice back in Noah days, how many know it was an evil time? It was an evil time in there, praise God. But the ark was there. And what was the ark there for? Well, basically, Moses was supposed to say, a flood's coming. A flood's coming. And how many know a lot of people didn't listen to him? So those people who lived in the outer court, you know what happened to them? They drowned, didn't they? But then there were people who lived in the holy place. Noah and his family, they were in the holy place, praise God. So his family got in the ark, and they rode out the storm. Say they rode out the storms. But there's a place you can go even better than riding out the storms of life. And I'm going to show it to you right now. Go to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. <laughs> Look at verse 24. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. You know why? God took him. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can have a close relationship with God, but don't get too close. Because Enoch walked with God. He knew what happened. God took him. Gone. You know they looked for him and couldn't find him? Hallelujah. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a realm of walking with God in your daily life to where you live totally above everything that's going on in the world, all the problems, all the care. So the flood's coming. Some people don't listen. They drown. Some people get in the ark. They float up. But notice Enoch didn't care if there was a flood or not because God took him. He was walking with God. Now, notice, in the day that he walked there, and sometimes I think myself, I said, it's very hard to walk with God with things that are going on in the world right now. I mean, you turn on the TV, that'll take you out of the walk with God right there. You turn on the news, I mean, you're backpedaling more than just standing there with God, because all the bad news, all the evil in the world, all this stuff happening, abortion's happening, all this sin going on, all this stuff's going on. But in that days, it was still evil. That's why the flood had to come. But even though it was evil, Enoch did something that no one else was doing. He walked with God. He walked with God on a daily basis. There was a realm for him to walk in, and if the realm was there for him, it was there for everybody else. But Adam was saying, nobody walks with God anymore. I walked with God, and I messed up, and I don't walk with God anymore. And the people were saying, Enoch, you can't walk with God. Nobody walks with God in this day and age. It's too evil. There's no way anybody can get that close to God and walk with God. But Enoch said, hey, I'm going to walk with God. And and he confessed it, that I'm going to walk with God. And guess what happened? God did what? Took him. Took him. So even though it was evil in that day, even though there was trouble in that day, even though there were things in that day, there is a realm where Enoch got to in that day. Basically, he was close enough with walking with God that basically he was taken at that time, and he was gone at that time. Hallelujah. Enoch lived above everything else. Now, in the world today, you read about the end times sometime in the Bible, there's some stuff coming. How many of you know that? I mean, I think there's going to be... Nuclear stuff, there's going to be germ warfare, there's going to be all this kind of stuff. And Peter, people who are living in the outer court are basically going to die. But you know, they're going to go to heaven, right. because they're born again. There's going to be some that ride out the storm. Praise God, they're going to make it through. But there's going to be people in the last day and the last hour, sons of God manifested, who live above, who live above the germ warfare, who live above the nuclear, who live above those things, simply because they have made a decision to walk with God on a daily basis, not just a Sunday, not just a Wednesday night, but walk with God. I'm going to proclaim this morning, and I believe it with all my heart, there is an Enoch generation coming. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. There's an Enoch generation coming. There's one going to be raised up who, who stepped out of this world and are not worried about the things of this world, but all they want to do is seek God and have a relationship with God and walk with God on a daily basis. They're going to walk with him and they're going to talk with him and they're going to know that he's aware there all the time. He's going to be aware and they're going to believe in the presence of God. How I many know oh, God's real? Yeah. But until you believe it, he's real and he's right there by you, he's never really going to be in a position to help you. Oh, God's on the inside of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, no, God's on the inside of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a difference between the two. And what you're aware of manifests in your life. What you believe will manifest in your life. If you don't believe it, it's not going to come through the spirit world into the natural realm. You're just going to live in the natural realm with a good idea. And I don't want to have a good idea. I want to walk and live in the presence of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I want to have an answer when somebody asks me the question, the right answer. I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and cast the devil out. I want to be able to do these things. I want to walk in the presence of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How many know that will clean up your sin? See, when I want to sin, he becomes a big man upstairs. And hopefully the curtains are closed. But if you don't believe if you believe he's on the inside of you, you're walking, you're talking with him, you going go do some of the stuff. Watch some of the stuff, be some of the stuff, do any of those things, because we're becoming an Enoch generation. Say, I'm part of. I'm part of the Enoch generation. Enoch generation. All right, go to Colossians chapter one. Glory. Glory. Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 26, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is manifest unto his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, what is it? Say Christ in you, you. the hope of glory. Say Christ in me, The me." the hope of glory. Now notice, the hope of glory is not Christ coming back for you. Your hope of glory is Christ living in you. Christ living on the inside of you. Christ is not the answer to the world's problems. Christ in you is the answer to the world's problems. Yet the church has separated themselves so far from Christ that we're just sitting here saying, do it, God, do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And God said, I've already given you what you need to do it. The Lord. So you need to do it yourself because Christ is in you. So we have to learn to walk with God. We have to learn to get above that stuff. We have to get a revelation of Christ in us who is the hope of our glory and walk in manifestations as sons of the living God. Go to Isaiah 26. I love prophetic preaching because it doesn't leave out any of the book. Mm-hmm. It goes to the Old Testament, <laughs> it goes to the New Testament, it even jumps into Revelations for God's sakes. Amen. Isaiah chapter 26, did you find it? I'll wait. I don't want you looking in Matthew saying, yeah, I've got it, <laughs> hallelujah, there it is. No, you're in Matthew, you're not even in Isaiah. All right, Isaiah chapter 26. Look at verse 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me I will seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn what? Now this is interesting here. Notice, it's talking about basically, for when thy judgments are in the earth. How many know there's a judgment coming to the earth? And everybody thinks, well, God's mad at us, God hates us, and God wants to judge us because we're not doing what he wants to do. But notice, that's not what judgment's for. Notice what it says judgment in the earth is for. When bad times come, when things start falling apart, what's it for? Basically, it says what? That we will be glad and rejoice in his righteousness. Say, we will learn. Righteousness. So what? When things start getting worse, and things start getting even worse, and even worse than they are right now, what's the purpose of it? to drive people into the kingdom of God. In other words, I'm so fed up with the world, I'm so tired of being down and out, there's got to be something better than this to go for. And basically the thing to go for, and the only thing to go for is to step into the kingdom of God by being born again and then walking with God in your daily life. Look at it again. Verse 9, with my soul I have desired thee, yea, with my what? Say spirit. Spirit. Say it again, spirit. spirit. Notice, your spirit is the most important part of you because you are a spirit. You are a spirit being. God created you to be a spirit being. We live in a physical body, yet we spend a lot more time on our physical than we do on our Spirit, why is it? Well, we paint it, we feed it, we dye it. Sometimes we botox it. We do whatever we can to this flesh body, but to our spirit, we don't care. Pray, who cares about my spirit? Pray, I get the right lipstick on, and I got everything on. And my hair is all good now. That and that's not even the most important part of you. The spirit is you, because you are a spirit being, and the spirit being on the inside of you is the only thing that can bring the reality of God into your life and spiritual things into your life, not what color lipstick you wear, not what kind of shoes you have on, none of that stuff benefits you in the spirit realm, yet we put all our time and all our attention, especially this time of year, come on, into things rather than our spirit. He says, with, with my spirit, I'm going to seek you early in the morning. I'm going to come after you with my spirit, praise God, with who I am and what I want. I'll tell you, it, whether you believe it or not, it's a privilege to be here right now on this earth. It is. It's a privilege to be here in this earth right now, to have this time to do what God has called us to do, to make a difference in other people's life. You know, Christy talked very easily about just wherever you're at, minister to somebody who's there. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't feel good. You jump, knock them down, and lay hands on them, and pray in tongues for 45 minutes. Sometimes just one word will will change it. Don't worry, God. God'll, God's going to do something for you here. Everything's going to be fine. And just gets that fear and that worry off of them. But notice, we're in a time right now, and if it was all good Why would I be here? Ever thought of that? If everybody was praising the Lord, and everybody was a devout Christian, everybody was full of the Holy Ghost, then what's my job here? See? But we're put here because there is. We are ambassadors from a place called heaven. But how many know you need to be in contact with your home country in order to do what needs to be done? The Bible says we're not of this world, but bless God, we're in it. We're in this world. We just don't want to become in it and of it at the same time. We want to be in this world, but we want to be of heaven. So we need a connection with there, praise God. We are a different kind of people. And the more that you get in your spirit and the more you realize that God is real, that the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you, that there's anointing in your life, that you are a son of the living God, that there is a call on the inside of you, the closer you walk with who you are, the closer you will walk with God because you'll know who he is. That's where you're walking. It you just don't go by praise, 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 praise. No, the revelation that you get on the inside of him of who he is and who he has made you and who you have become makes you one with him. And the closer you get one with him, the more you can walk with God on a daily basis. You can say what God would say in a situation. You can think what God would think in a situation. You're no longer a human. You now have God's nature on the inside of you. do 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 See, if you look at all the stuff on the outside here and everything else, no, you've got God's nature on the inside of you. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. It calls us a holy nation. Say, a holy nation. See, we're not a Chinese nation. We're not a Japanese nation. We're not a black nation. We're not a white nation. We're not a Jew nation. We're not a Greek nation. We are a holy nation. We are the people of God himself, basically, and that's who we are with the nature of God on the inside of us. But there's a place God wants to take us to, a place where we're spotless, a place where we're blameless, a place where we come to a place where we're walking so close to God that basically we're walking with God on a daily basis. I mean, Adam had it for a little bit. How I many you know that? says so he walked in the garden with him. He walked and talked with him, and all he messed up. But praise God, now there's another generation, an Enoch generation coming up out of the ashes. And I'll tell you what, they may not be coming from churches. I'll tell you, there are prostitutes out there who are going to get hit by the power of God and run by a lot of church people. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Come on, God don't care what you did. God don't care what you're doing today. He cares what you're going to do tomorrow, praise God, and what you're going to do from here on out. He's not hung up on your past. He told Paul told us to forget those things that are behind and press. Praise the Lord. Ooh, my shakey lemon. I don't want to press with my natural. I want to press with my spirit. I want to press to know God more and more. I want to think like God, act like God, answer like God, have God. Just everything comes out of my mouth, comes from God. Every movement I make comes out from God. Walk with God hand in hand, know exactly what God wants to do. Because the more I learn about that, the more I know who he is. Praise God. Greatest revelation I ever got in my entire life was simply God loves me. That was it. That was one that broke everything off. Because perfect love casts out all So I'm trying to get rid of fear. Get away from me, fear. I bind you, fear. I cast you out, fear. Get off me, fear. Get on me, fear. Get over there, fear. Get over there. And all I had to find out was, he loves me. My God, he loves me just the way I am. He loved me when I was in the bar dancing. He loved me when I was drinking. He loved me that whole time. But now, praise God, he loves me. Do you get it? He loves me. I don't know if he loves anybody else, but I can tell you one thing. He loves me, praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. He loves me. See? And it must have been important because Jesus told Peter to feed my lambs and my sheep. And, you know, he said, you know, I love you, Lord. So apparently Peter didn't do it yet. Or he went and asked him that three times. Where's your love level with God? What do you think? Oh, he's always catching me and I'm always making mistakes and he's always getting mad at me. And sometimes he don't even talk to me because he beep, 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 beep. beep. No, that's not true to begin with. That's not who he made you to be. That's not what the blood provided for you, praise God. So there's a place, the more you walk in who you are as a son of God, the closer you will walk with God on a daily basis. How many know it's hard to walk with God when you're frustrated? Hard to walk with God when you're worried? Hard to walk with God when you're upset all the time? Do you love God? Yes, I do. He gave you joy. I've got the joy. Really? Praise God. I don't know where it's at, but it's in there someplace. We need to chisel that out of there somehow, praise God. All right, praise God. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Try to minister to people sometime. They want to tell you everything they know. How's that going to help them when they already know it? I mean, they've got to be looking for some other kind of wisdom or help. If it ain't working for them, I don't really care what they know because it ain't working for them, I sure don't want to know about it. Hallelujah. Right, Fine. Hebrews chapter three. Look at verse fifteen. While it is said today, today, if you will hear His voice, when today. today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom he was grieved 40 years, was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in because of I'm sorry, could not enter in because of Unbelief. unbelief. Now, the question is here, as far as entering in and walking with God, unbelief in what? I mean, they believed in God apparently. So what didn't they believe in? They didn't believe not in who God was. They didn't believe in who they were. See? Because there's 12 spies. God says, I took you out of bondage. Land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, you're going to like this place. This is the greatest place ever. Go in and get it. I've already given it to you. And out of 12 spies, only two. Two got in. Ten did not get in. Why? Because they saw themselves as grasshoppers and their enemies as, so they were brought out of bondage physically, weren't they? They were out of Egypt physically, their bondage was not a physical bondage, it was the bondage right up here, because they still saw themselves, I'm so weak, I am weak, but thou art strong, Jesus help me from all wrong, keep singing that. You'll never get in the promised land, praise God. You'll not enter in. It's what you believe, praise God, about yourself and who he made you that gets you in the promised land, and unbelief keeps you out. So notice, ten didn't get in, but two got in. You know why? They had a different spirit upon them. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Different spirit. Say a different spirit. A different spirit. I mean, you know, that was the Holy Ghost. Yeah. He had a different spirit on them, praise God. Jesus appeared to 500 people after he was raised from the dead. 120 showed up on Pentecost. I like the other one better. At least that was 50-50. <laughs> Remember, virgins with the lamp was least 50-50. Now we're down to 120 to 380, for God's sake. That's not very good. Notice, I'm sure he told every one of them, the Holy Ghost is coming. I'm going to go to heaven and the Holy Ghost is coming. That was the most important thing, too. And 120 showed up. Why is that? Because the rest of them didn't believe, praise God, what was just about to happen. Glory to God. Hallelujah! So notice, look at verse, uh, look at verse six. They didn't get in. They couldn't get in. Unbelief. You're not going to get in because unbelief. but look at verse six. Seen there, re, therefore, it remains that some, that some, that some. Verse six, Hebrews three or Hebrews four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was three? Maybe that was good. Maybe I'll take a look at that. Now we'll just go with four, four, six. Notice what it says. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some, must. some what? Must. Some what? Must. Some must enter in. Some must enter in. So there's going to be some musters. Finally, you following me? There's going to be some people who must in. And they're going to walk with God in this day and hour. They're going to manifest the son of God nature that's on the inside of them. People are going to recognize who they are. Things are going to get so bad that they're going to come to the light and the salt. See? I mean, in a dark spot, even a bug smart enough to come to the light. You'd think humans would be smart enough when they got in bad enough shape to come to the light. Come on, and you're going to be the light. You're going to manifest in the Son of God. You're holy and All right, look at verse, uh, we're in chapter 4, look at verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find to help in when? A time of need. Now, no, this, fi- this is fiction, right? He just didn't know what to write, so he thought at the end of verse 4, he just put, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, who do you think is at the throne of grace? Come on. Who's at the throne? Even the Father, all of us at the throne of grace. Here he tells us to come how? Boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. Why is that? Because we moved into a level where there's no judgment in our life because we've come into the place that as he is, so are we in this world. Therefore, there is no judgment on the inside of us. There is no guilt. There is no condemnation. We are one with him. We are walking with him on a daily basis. We are talking with him on a daily basis. And we're now coming boldly to the throne. Now, here's the key. You can either believe that and walk in it, or you can think it's a bunch of garbage and just stay where you're at. It's up to you. Whatever you believe and become aware of becomes aware to you. When somebody told me about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it wasn't real to me until I believed it, became aware of it. Then all of the Holy Ghost filled my life, praise God. Then it was easy to believe. How I many know it was easy to believe? Yeah. I mean, when the hair stands up in your arms for like 36 hours, you're going to get a clue that something happened on the inside of you, praise <laughs> God, before it's over. With. And I'll tell you what, it's so simple, people just told me it was going to happen. They didn't lecture me for four hours. They didn't tell me anything. They just said, "Hey, here's what God's going to do. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray in this language over you, and you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost." I said, "Really?" They said, "Yeah." I said, "Is that the way it works?" They said, "Yeah, that's the way it works. We're going to do that. We're going to lay hands on you, and when pray, and you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost." I said, "Really?" They said, "Yeah." They said, "Do you believe that?" I said, "Well, yeah. That's what you told me, and you've been in this stuff a lot longer than I have, so I'm just going to do it." So we're going to lay hands on you. There's going to be a little bubbling in here, and a little bubbling just speak whatever it is might not make any sense or anything, but it's going to bubble on the inside of you, and it's going to come out. These were Catholics come on now these were Catholic people but they were not outer court Catholics are you following me they were at least holy place Catholics so what did they do I was waiting and as soon as that hand was going to hit me we going to speak in tongues and be filled with the Holy Ghost and hear it and when it touched me I believe it became aware of it bang and he says how did it happen I don't know you think it'll happen to others? Must. That's what God wants, they told me. See, but we want to go, well, let me give you 42 scriptures and 32 people, and these eight people received it, and these seven didn't receive it, but you'll probably be the one that may receive it or not receive it, and they're so confused by the time you do it. No, just tell them it works for you, praise God, and take another step, whatever you're aware of. If you're aware of the Spirit of God in you all the time, you will walk aware of the Spirit, and in everything that He gives for you. That's how the Spirit of God works on the inside of you, but you know when we become aware of His presence? When we get in a mess. Then we become real spiritual, don't we? Money's tight. Kids are misbehaving. Spouse is misbehaving. Everybody misbehaving. Oh, I seek the Lord now. I know. Seek the Lord before that. Seek the Lord on a daily basis. You can walk hand in hand with God, and you can come boldly to the throne of grace and visit with the Father all the time, every single day. Praise God. It's a place that God wants us to get to. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Kobiendo, sastimoshi, moshi Tell you when you walk hand in hand with God, you're going to be able to look back and see all the times He set you up. Because you walk hand in hand with God, and you don't really, you're not really out there begging or asking or trying to believe for anything. Things just come up, and you accidentally end up in them. You know what I mean? When I. Got, <laughs> When I got excited, when I got excited for God and basically, praise God, I would just love God. I just listened to tapes. I just read the Bible. I just pressed in, pressed in, pressed in. Ended up going to a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting where the Spirit of God was there. Gave my testimony one night, was doing all this. And praise God, I'm just walking with God, loving God, and all once they had three leaders and one leader leaves. I didn't see it coming. Next leader leaves. Still didn't wasn't smart enough to see it coming. Then the third one moved and it left me. I didn't ask to be head of that meeting. I never said, "Oh Lord, get those three people out of here," because I want to lead a Catholic prison. Please get them. No, it happened, and there I was, and I thought, "My God, how did I get here? How did this happen to me?" It wasn't something I was believing. You know, we think faith is where you just believe for something for a long time. Oh, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. This large ministry. I gotta have. No, just walk with God, and watch- I never one time went to God and said, "If you can send me to Africa." <laughs> because my heart's desire is to minister to the people over there and help them start their Bible school. That's been on me for years. No, never even entered my mind. What am I? I'm just walking with God and all at once, there it is. All at once, there it goes. All at once, you're there. You're saying, you set me up. (laughs) You set me up again. I knew you were doing it. I couldn't figure it out, but you set me up. Praise God. Started a church. I didn't want to start a church where I lay hands on people. They break out in the joy. They fall down. They, they quiver. They shake. They catch on fire. They scream. They holler. And some people get mad, and some people get sad, and some people get glad. I never pray. I never, oh, Lord, I want to start a church, and I want people just to laugh so loud that they drown me out while I'm preaching. They fall down and shake under the power of God that the anointing just sticks people to the floor. That they... You see, these aren't things that you ask for, but as you walk with God, they're things that somehow he gets you into. But thank God if he gets you into Him, he's got to keep you in Him, and give you the power to do them in Him. You see? He's got to give you the ability to do it. But it comes from walking with God. If you're not walking with God, you're going to have this whole list of things that you want God to do. And if you're not going to walk with God, probably most of them are your things anyway. See? Because my idea of ministry, let me tell you what, it was not his idea of ministry. My idea of helping other churches was not going Africa. It was like going down the street helping brother joe who's just starting out who's right here and i just want to heal him praise god so what is it as you walk with god things are going to come up your financial situations will start to dissipate because he's going to show you step by step by step how to handle your money what to do what not to do where to invest your money where not to invest. like mitzi and them said they just didn't believe god for forty thousand dollars fifty once it was paid off no god says buy this house then jim fixed this house up and they got it done and thought, so, praise god and then god says sell this house and they said ugh. So they sell the house, they get another fixer up. God says, Buy this fixer up. Or Jim says, Oh. So they buy another, and they buy a fixer up. They buy another house, they fix it up. What was he doing? He's showing a place where they can be totally debt free. But it's not. But we want him to drop it down, don't we? We want to go through the uh, drive-through of heaven. It's McDonald's. <laughs> Lord, I've ran up $75,000 in debt, and I'm coming through McDonald's now. Hand me some money it doesn't work that way he'll show you how to function in finances he shows you every step of the way and then when he shows you and you can handle it in your life he'll give you a bigger target see i'm I'm almost sure that if i didn't learn how to manage my money i would never be in the ministry to have to manage the church's money see it's a step up on what's going on but what's that come from you gotta walk with god you just got to be with god you're not really wanting anything from god but he's wanting something from you and he slowly shows you what it is. All right, Matthew chapter five. Did I tell you to go there? Yes. Matthew chapter five, look at verse eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall they shall what? Now, I'm sure this was just a fill-in again, too. They had to do something between 7 and 9. So they put that in there, saying that blessed are those who basically are pure in heart, for they shall see God. But notice, what's this talking about? When you die, everybody's going to see God when they die, right? So it's got to be right now. There's an opportunity for you to become pure in heart, walk as Enoch did, and basically in your life and walking with God at pure motives, pure heart, to a place where you can walk with God on a daily basis. Notice, Enoch walked with God. I mean, know how that was a long time ago. Things were bad at that time. Things are bad this time. But now we are almost 2020, and you have the ability to walk with God. Say, I can, with God. I can walk with God. All right, go to Colossians chapter one. There remains a rest, and some are going to have to enter in. All right, Colossians chapter 1, a little easier to find. Look at verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Now let's read exactly what it says here. Verse 22, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and spotless and without wrinkled and unreprovable where? Now notice the problem with you is not in his sight. The problem with you is in your sight. How you see yourself. How does God see you? Holy, unblameable, unreprovable, spotless, regal, free How do you see you? Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Oh, I did everything wrong. I've sinned every time I move. It's just ridiculous for me. I just don't know what to do. Are you holy? I should say not. Blame us? Oh, never How would I be blameless. So what's God trying to do? He's trying to raise our thought life up to believe what he made us, basically in the word of God, so that not only does he see us that way, in his sight, but we see as our way in that sight. And I'll tell you what, you're not going to get this in an outer court, church. I'm just telling you, you're not going to get an outer court church. They're just going to tell you to do your best. You're a sinner. You keep failing, but God loves you anyway. That's what they're going to tell you to do. So you just keep sinning. You just stay in the spot where you're at, and you just keep sinning. And I'm doing better. Uh, I drank three days this week, and last week I drank eight days. So I'm really improving in what I'm doing in my life. And They'll never tell you who you can really be. As a matter of fact, many of them will fight to make sure you're not who God says that you are. Why? Because you don't believe it themselves. See? Basically, the Bible says, Paul says that God really enjoyed revealing the Christ who was in me so that I could preach it to others. Well, if the Christ in you has never been revealed, you don't even know it, how are you going to preach it? Are you following me? Yeah. But there's another level coming up right now. There's an Enoch teaching coming right now. There's a new anointing coming that's going to take those people who seek God and want to go further in the things of God, it's going to take you to a new place. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care. You just need to get some fire in your bones and understand what's before you and what God has placed there for you to have an opportunity to walk in. And if you really want to do it, you're going to get there. It may be step by step. It may be little by little. You may stumble every now and then. But I'll tell you what, you can go to this place. This was promised by God. There must be some. There must be some that enter into that rest. There's got to be some in this day and hour. When Jesus comes back, what's he going to be? He's going to come back for a pure-hearted people without spot and wrinkle, not because they did anything, but because they simply believed what he did for them and put them in that position to be in that space, praise God. So they're believing God. They're walking with God hand in hand. Jesus will come back, and you won't even know it. You've been walking with him anyway. And there he is again. Here he is now. Here he comes. Here he is. He's everywhere, praise God. He's all around me, everywhere. All right, one more. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Everybody loves this scripture. Matthew 7, look at verse 22. Many, how many? Many Many will say to me in that day, talking to the Lord, they will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In my name have we not cast out devils? And in your name we've done so many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never depart from you, you that work what? Now, this tells me right here that your place in heaven and my place in heaven is not determined by what we do, but by who we are in God. It's not by what you've done, but it's by who you've become. That's it. Notice, he's saying here, and I hear people all the time, I've got this great ministry, I've healed this one, I've healed that one, I've delivered that one. Well, good for you, but do you know God? See, he really likes your works and everything, but he wants to know you. He didn't create you to be some kind of work machine, miracle machine. He created you to have a relationship with him and to know him on an intimate basis in your life. So here's people that are doing all the things that every believer believes for. Oh, Lord, I want to heal the sick. I want to cast out devils. I don't really care if I know you or not, but I want to... See, because knowing him takes time. Casting out devils just needs a desire to do it with anointing on your life and agreeing with God and getting it done. But there's a place where you can come and walk with God, a place that you know God where well, you know who he is. where well, you know what he wants from you. I'd much rather know God and never do a miracle than not know him and do a thousand miracles. See, it's your relationship with God. That's what matters. God wants a relationship with you. But I'll tell you what, if you walk in that place of knowing God and walk with God hand in hand, you can't help but have miracles. you would be walking down the street and bumping into somebody, and all at once they'll be healed. You walk into a room and the presence of God will fill that place as you walk in there. If there's an anointing and a pull on the anointing on the inside of you. This is a walking lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. But it's all about knowing God. All about understanding who he is and how he thinks and what he wants to do. He loves you so very much he wants to bring you into this relationship with him. He put Christ on the inside of you which is the hope of glory. Christ is not it. You are it. With Christ on the inside of you, praise God. Enoch, way back in those days, you know what he did? He walked with God. And you know what happened? God took him. Praise God. Well, if Enoch could do it in those days, then we have an opportunity to enter in and walk with God right now. But you're going to have to get rid of some of the body, fleshly things that are going on around the world and your own issues and your own things. Where is your priority this morning? What is your priority this morning? Is it knowing God, walking in God, completing His purpose? Or is it when I get time, that's what it is, that I've got time to pick up my word or find out? Because this book, I'll tell you what, you can't help but change if you read this book even if you fight it you're going to end up changing because you're going to say I don't want to do that and then there's going to come a situation where God's going to come up on the inside and even tell you to do it and you're going to find out right then that it's probably a pretty good idea that I do that in this situation see it never sounds good but on the inside of you Christ is in you the hope of glory and there's a generation there's an Enoch generation that God is raising up right now we are here to raise people up That's all I want to do is raise people up. If I have to go to a country to do it, if I have to go anywhere to do it, if I have to go anyplace, and some of you don't understand, you know, the more I think about this, the more I pray about it, the impact that we can make from this small church in another country is unbelievable. Right now they have anywhere from 10 to 12 to 15 pastors already signed up in different villages and stuff. So we're not just going to one church. We're not just ministering to the uh, 100 people that they have there. No, we're ministering to the heads of those churches who can then get touched by the power of God and the anointing of God and go back into their churches and minister to those people. This is the spread, praise God, of the gospel. This is what is God doing. Why there? I don't know. Why did Rodney Howard Brown from Africa come here? Why did he start a church in Tampa? Trust me, there was plenty of people in Africa. See, I don't know why. And I'm sure he don't know why. One thing he always said when he came to the church, how many of you ever heard of Rodney Howard Brown? Um, how many, when, when he came to, came to the church, the first thing he would always say is, I'm so glad I'm an evangelist. I will never be a pastor because you guys got to look at the same faces every week. And I can go to a church. I can touch everybody's life and move on. I will never be a pastor. You know what he is now? Pastor in Tampa. See, he walks with God. And God said, hey, buddy boy, say something about never being a pastor. That's right. Well, you're going to start a church in Tampa. Get away from me, devil. <laughs> Because that's what you think at first, the first time you hear it. But the Holy Ghost, if it's Holy Ghost, it won't go away. It'll keep coming back. And it'll keep, And you push it away, and it comes back. And you give 90 reasons why you shouldn't, and it comes back. And you tell God why it's not going to work, and it comes back. And it just keeps coming. It is like a boomerang, praise God. You cannot get rid of it. And then all at once, one day you wake up, and it sounds like a fairly good idea. You say, God, maybe that's, maybe that's not too bad maybe that will work and then once you say yes here it comes man he just starts downloading and here it comes this is what's going to happen this is how you're going to here. this is going to finance is going to come and pretty soon it just starts coming praise god and that's not just in the big things it's in every little thing in your life it's in your marriage it's raising your kids it's everything else praise god so there's an enoch generation but some of you have to get through the veil. Hey. Some of you are in the holy place, but you can't get the holy place because you still got that veil of unbelief on you and what people said you were and what you can do. And you can't do that. And the pastor can do that, but you can't do that. And you gotta stay right where you're at. And you're as good as you're ever gonna be. And that's as far as you can go in God. And you're doing your best in every situation. Praise God, your best ain't good enough. There's a further place that you can go, praise God, in God. Because there is an Enoch generation and you can be part of that Enoch generation. But um, that's not my decision. See, my decision is whether I'm going to walk as an Enoch generation. I can't make that decision for you. That's your decision. How many know that takes a load off of me? See, as a pastor, you used to try to do it for everybody. And one day I learned it, it, it doesn't work that way. I need to do it for me. I need to be on fire. I need to throw it out there. And anybody that wants to catch a spark of it will get it. And anybody that don't, won't. And you just keep going on and you just keep doing what you want to do. Praise God. Don't worry about anybody else. Worry about yourself. Praise God. Do your own. Hallelujah. So I just want to lay hands on anybody who believes they're part of that Enoch generation this morning. I want to remove the veil off of your eyes if there's unbelief or something on there, a spirit of fear or whatever. I want you to get hungry for the things of God. I want you to go forth full of the power of God, the anointing of God, the glory of God. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.